0: So um, this morning our theme is Hope Lives Here. And the question we ask is, how does hope live? How does hope live? Hope lives when it gives us a future. Hope lives when it gives us confidence. Hope lives when it excites us about tomorrow. And the birth of Christ is such that it gives us that same hope, doesn't it? It Gives us the ability to look at the present and say, in Christ, the future is going to get better. And uh, last week I spoke from Isaiah uh, chapter 9, And this passage was given 700 years before Christ was born. It says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And then it goes on, more deliberately, more intentionally describing who this Christ will be. It says, for of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice, and righteousness from that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And last week I mentioned how this was um, this prophecy came from Isaiah in the time of King Hezekiah, but there was another chap uh, didn't write as much as Isaiah, but a guy called Micah who was also uh, in the time of King Hezekiah, and he had these words to bring to his people to encourage them. It says, "But you, Bethlehem." Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me, one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old and from ancient times. From of old, from ancient times. And this prophecy talks not only about the coming of Christ, but it talks about where he will come from. And uh, we're told here that he comes from this little town called Bethlehem. And Bethlehem was only a tiny little town, in a relatively small part of that, uh, that community. And so therefore, the people of Israel had an expectation that this Christ would come from Bethlehem. Well, the thing about names when we hear about Bethlehem is that names for us are locations, like Tauranga is a location, Bethlehem is a location. That's because we've lost the original language. And it means, uh, let me describe what I mean by this. Bethlehem actually means the house of bread. So it's the house of bread from where the Christ will be born, the house of bread. And all of a sudden, this has a different dynamic, a different meaning, doesn't it? You know, you think of us here uh, living in the house of bread in this little town, the house of bread, and Toronga means safe harbour, and we live in the Bay of Plenty. So all of a sudden, our names of our places become rich. If you reside in Bethlehem, you're in the house of bread in the safe harbour in a land of plenty. Doesn't that sound far richer? Yeah? So my name's Craig. It means the dweller in the rock or dweller in the cave. Uh, So so I'm the dweller in the cave in the house of bread in the safe harbour in the land of plenty. But that's, that's far richer, isn't it? And so when we look at these words about bread and we see how significant bread is in respect to the identity of the place where Jesus was born, those things meant a lot to people of a different generation to us. But I just want to reclaim that today. So when Jesus says these words, give us today our daily bread, he's talking there about something that's available, something that is common, but it is something that is also supernatural because the reference is about himself as much as it is about what it is that we eat. And I know when I first read these words, which come from um, the Lord's Prayer, I remember thinking, that's really, really cool. Give us today our daily bread. It means we won't go hungry, which is a promise that every nation has to have, every person has to have to give them hope. We won't go hungry. But of course, bread is more than just bread. It is spiritual food. And when Jesus was being tempted by the devil, uh, he was asked to turn stones into bread. And Jesus says this, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so bread and the word of God are associated with one another. And they're given context in as much as they provide for us, not only physical food, but spiritual food, spiritual food that comes from the house of bread, from the man who was born in the house of bread. The thing about bread is that uh, it's so common to us we fail to even acknowledge the little miracle that bread is. And uh, I just want to play this little video for you here uh, because bread is truly remarkable as much as it grows, doesn't it? It grows before we eat it. And when we see this here, and uh, as you can see, bread rises and bread grows. And when we talk about the bread being the bread of life, and the bread representing the kingdom of God. This is a beautiful, simple little illustration about how the the kingdom of God grows in a way that just uh, expands and exceeds the original size of what it was that was planted. The disciples had this interaction with Jesus just after he'd fed 5,000 people with bread and fish. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, you're looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and you had your fill. So Jesus is challenging his disciples after having fed 5,000 people. He's saying, look, um, you saw a miracle, but you actually are here today because you want your physical needs met. And so Jesus is always trying to tease out this tension between the physical and the spiritual. And he goes on to say this, do not work for food that spoils but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. And we expect a little bit more, don't we? Hold on. The work that we have to do is to believe. Yes, to believe that this, this physical bread is actually spiritual bread. It's more than just getting your tummy full. It's actually bigger than that. It's bigger. It's this kingdom picture. And then the story continues to evolve. And they say this. So they asked him, what sign then will will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. That's reference to Moses and the people of Israel. Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, It is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And so we see this theme of bread, And it helps us because as we follow the theme of bread through, we discover that Jesus is not the Jesus who remains in the stable. Jesus is not the Jesus who is in the manger. You see, the world likes that Jesus because that Jesus doesn't challenge us. That Jesus doesn't have anything to say to us. He's just cute and cuddly and we can make him what we want him to be. But when you see that this bread of life was born in the house of bread, We see the themes of bread coming through the Scripture. And what Jesus is doing is he's taking his people on a journey from the physical to the spiritual, from the temporal, what is now, to the eternal, because he is the bread of life. He gives us not only food to eat, but he gives us spiritual food that lasts into eternal life. And so when we ask the question, does hope live here? It does. It lives here in the house of bread. It lives here in this child. It lives here because the prophetic sign and symbol that was given to us on the day that Mary gave birth to this child is still powerful and present with us today. Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Now there's three references to bread in that statement alone. And Jesus says, I am the living bread. That came down from heaven. That is a bold declaration to say that He has come from outside of our universe. He has come outside of our universe to break into our world. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. So He is not of this world. And we look at the little child in the manger, and immediately our references start to expand and our understanding of Him start to expand. He is the Emmanuel, which means the God who is with us, the God who was broken in to our world by the virgin birth in a little stable in the middle of nowhere, being served up to people who didn't count shepherds. So he's the bread who came down from heaven. And it says whoever eats this bread will live forever. So we've been told that this little child, this little crust of bread, Is now the one who's going to give us eternal life because whoever eats this bread, whoever partakes of Jesus is now born into eternal life. This incredibly powerful verse. And then it, then it, um, then it rounds out by saying this, this bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. What does that mean? Christ is going to give up his physical body, which is bread, represented in bread, and that bread will be crucified on a cross giving up his life for the world. So bread counts. Bread is more than physical food. Bread is a symbol and a sign of Christ who was born in the house of bread and will ultimately make his way to the cross. And so Jesus, his life, we know, finishes in this way It says, while they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, for this is my body. And so, Christmas, Christmas for the secular folks is about the birth of a child. A child who we could imagine might be hungry, who might cry, but has nothing to say. For the Christians who realize that Bethlehem is the house of bread and hear the spiritual food and the physical food combine, to take us on a journey that leads us to eternal life. This is the beginning of a story which brings us to the brokenness of Christ. And so today, in its simplest way, as you gather around your tables, as you eat bread, break bread, take food, have food, please be reminded today that the story that you are part of is a story that goes all the way back to the original Bethlehem and before that gives you the understanding that you are part of this big picture of what God is about. So you too can identify your own name. Some of you might know your own name's meaning. And uh, like me, you could say, I'm the one who dwells in the cave, in the house of bread, in a safe harbour, in a land of plenty. What a beautiful picture that God gives us when we look at what it is that we've inherited in him. So this might sound a bit unusual today. Most of you will know the meaning of your first name. I want you to turn to the person next to you and tell them what your name is as you dwell in the house of bread, in the safe harbour, in the land of plenty. Can you do that? It's good to be reminded of how blessed we are. Let me pray. Lord, we thank you that uh, over 2,000 years ago, your son Jesus was born into a place of humility, a place that had nothing to go by except a prediction, a prophecy that said somewhere, sometime, this baby would be born in Bethlehem, this house of bread. And this child who would rise like bread would rise and his kingdom would expand like bread beyond its first formation beyond its first appearance and in doing so would become the bread that is the bread of life for the world. And so today we celebrate, Lord, your goodness to us at the birth of your son that would lead him to the cross and for us the gift of eternal life. Father, we celebrate this today and we come and we just say thank you, Lord, as you bring joy to our world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.